Welcome to the Evolution Exchange podcast, a podcast platform to share interesting conversations from the most successful leaders within the Stockholm tech community. My name is Sophie Gould and I'm your host for today. Welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, I'm joined by an amazing panel to discuss a really, really interesting topic, which I think is probably one of the most relevant right now, which is how to maintain a team culture while working remotely. Now, this affects everyone currently, as a lot of companies transition to some kind of new way of working after the pandemic. So I think this is going to be a really, really interesting talk. So first of all, let's start with meeting our panel and understanding a little bit more about them. Now, for introductions, I'd like to know who you are, what you do, and also what your passion is. And Rodrigo, will you start us off? Sure. Hi, Sophia. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, as I said, my name is uh, Rodrigo. Uh, my, I'm a founder of a company called uh, My Telescope. What we do is that we're building a standard for how to measure brands. Uh, and I don't know if you're familiar with the world of branding, but the biggest issue has been that there's been no standards on how we actually look at growth and the correlations to bottom line. So we're kind of, you could see us as like a, a branding version of NASDAQ. Uh, my, what I'm passionate about, well, it depends if you'd ask me from a private point of view or from a business point of view. So the question is kind of broad, I suppose. But uh, from a uh, business point of view, I think it's making change. And I get bored when this stuff or status quo. Uh, that's me. So I think when this company is 10 years old, you won't probably see me here as a CEO anymore. Uh, but um, from a private point of view, I suppose that it's eating a lot of uh, barbecue. I'm, uh, my roots are from Latin America, so it's uh, making asados. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's such a unique one. I've never heard that one before. <laughs> Brilliant. And Gabriella will come to you next. Yes, my name is Gabriella Landberg. Uh, I'm an um, international HR manager with Medias. Uh, and what we do at Media is we're, we're a SaaS company and uh, we're focusing on uh, AP automation, so accounts payable automation, uh, and selling that to uh, entities um, and to their uh, plug into their ERP systems. I've been here for six years, but I always be, yeah, I've, I've been in HR. I would say uh, most of my career. Um, what uh, I, I mainly drive, I should say, also I mainly. And drive uh, the HR initiatives for the more commercial departments, so sales, marketing, and so on uh, internationally. Um, I, uh, I definitely, my passion definitely is getting people together, uh, networking, uh, seeing possibilities uh, when when uh, socializing with people. So that is uh, to come back to you, Rodrigo. I would say that's both on a professional and a private level. Nice, I love that. I think it's um, a really nice mixture of people we've got here, given kind of different professional backgrounds. So I think it's going to be a really good conversation from from that perspective as well. So thanks, Gabriella. Um, and last but not least, Nick, we'll come over to you. Brilliant. Yeah. So uh, I'm Nick Borghas, and uh, currently I'm the director of engineering at. Platypus. Um, so we're a SaaS company uh, delivers a SaaS solution. Delivers a SaaS solution, basically focusing on uh, this what we call a values map of the organization. So what does your employees uh, value, and, and you know what is their 
value map and how does it fit in each department. Uh, that also includes like satisfaction surveys. So basically a lot of focus on employee well-being and how do we sort of create the best culture and, and actually get data on on the company culture uh, for better or worse uh, and, and helps uh, leaders sort of drive the, the culture change they, they want to see and actually see data on uh, the initiatives they might take, you know, uh, from an HR perspective, do they actually have an impact on, on the things that they, they're supposed to have an impact on? Um, as for passion, uh, I think I have a very great passion for trying to build products that, uh, you know, have some kind of impact, but also the people want to use. Um, that's like the, the more engineering part of me. Uh, the, the second passion I, I definitely have professionally is, is building these teams and making, you know, people be, I don't know, but like happy at work and then enjoy their work because we do spend a lot of time at work. Uh, so if I can have some kind of impact on, on you know, people feeling that they're, they're part of something and... Uh, and yeah, uh, privately passions. I don't know. I'm bad at hobbies, but if I had to take like take a leap, then I really do enjoy building uh, Lego block, build, building Lego sets. Uh, but I'm also Danish, so maybe maybe there's a correlation. Uh, you tell me. Uh, but that's like uh, that's that's a new pa passion I have, especially with, with having kids. As uh, a great excuse to buy a lot of Legos uh, that you know I can build and they can uh, play with. So that's uh, that's great. You just don't step on it. Yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> that's the worst, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a good excuse to buy Legos for you and also maybe the kids at some point. <laughs> yeah. no, double usage, that's, uh, so that's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh perfect no brilliant I love um I love that kind of we've got a context to each other now um and yeah I think let's just dig straight into the topics because I know we're all here with some really really good kind of viewpoints and angles to look at when it comes to um how to keep culture when you are working remotely so to start us off Gabriella we'll go with with your question now mm. this is a really good one how do you attract people that are working working remotely to come to the office more often so yeah tell us about that yeah so uh I would say that that uh we're having a, a challenge right now uh being in that uh, after pandemic period uh, or what we uh, post pandemic, maybe what we should call it, uh, and just seeing that uh, um, people are are not where where we have offices, they're they're not quite back, uh, and we're we're not sure if we want that either. Uh, but uh, juggling with the um, the strategy, basically, what should we we be focusing on? Should it be remote work? Should it be hybrid? Do we want people back in the office? Do they want to come back to the office? Should we cut down on office space? Uh, should we um, do, do distribute office space in a different way? And we've been having challenges where we have employees in um, uh, globally in, in nine different countries and on different continents uh, and recently sent, sent that, uh, that type of survey to, to all employees. Uh, what they enjoy most about working from home and what they enjoy most about working at the office. Uh, and last but not least, uh, what would bring them back to the office uh, if that is what they want. Uh, the results was um, came in or the the survey was finalized uh, yesterday. So uh, the the final um, the final results are, are not done yet since there were there were a lot of comments. Uh, but uh looking at uh, the overview, uh, it, it seems like people are very happy, uh, and me, myself, uh, uh, also included, and 
in, in doing a hybrid. But what then should we do with the offices and for people that wants to be in the office? Nick, do you have it's any a, input or would you have a big No, sure. yeah, I, I uh, don't know exactly how to start, but uh, uh, yeah. uh, it's interesting. I was looking into, our, we, we use our tool to kind of understand, to track the, like the top employer brands in the US. Mm. Uh, and we looked at based on the list of Fortune 500 I've done on their list to understand, mm. okay, what do people actually want in versus what they say they want? Uh, and uh, and what you look at the data is that most people are actually looking for employers that offer remote possibilities. So so I think that there's like a big chunk of where people want just to have the feeling of liberty where they can choose. So, so I think I think the hard part as an employer, I suppose, but from my point of view, uh, was that I think everybody will we will have to give them the opportunity to choose, but just to maybe decide like the common like meeting points when to meet together live. Mm -hmm. uh, and I spoke to, for example, a customer in the US Kellogg's, they have decided that you have to book your meeting rooms, for example, so you decide which days you want to go. So you have the opportunity to go, mm -hmm. but they prefer that you are home, but you still have like, so it becomes more like a, co the work becomes more like a co-working space. So if you don't have the mm -hmm. possibilities to be home, you have the flexibility and the opportunity to be there. Do you uh, have co-work in offices then, like we work and and those types? No, they basically what they've done is that they're remodeling their own offices as kind of co-working. So oh, okay. they you don't have anymore your your fixed places, but you kind of you book when you want to go, uh, and but on, or when you as a team, because that sometimes, I mean, for example, if you want to be creative, sometimes mm. it's hard to do that remote and you need to be together because it's going to be easier to have that whiteboard. Uh, and and te te technology is still not there to kind of understand our senses uh, from a not only 3D, but maybe 4D <laughs> point of view. Um, but so, so then they kind of book together so that they have these sessions together. Uh, so I think what they are having though, the challenge that they are facing is that say that you're not being in the office anymore and maybe I don't want to live anymore close to the office because I maybe I want to move from say Illinois to Hawaii. Yeah. How do I do that? Uh, so what they have put up are rules that you have to be this, you can't, you have to be able to get into the office within a day or so, so that if you have a moment, that, you know, so that in that sense, that's the first time I hear that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's how they have solved it uh, hmm. to do it. Yeah. I think from my point of view, I think uh, I don't have any data on it, but I feel like the space is right now that everybody's, it seems like there's like two poles, right? Either everybody has to be in the office or is like fully remote. I feel like that's like the two, like, and I, and I guess with everything in, in life, it's balanced. So I, I would definitely go for a hybrid uh, in that sense. Uh, but I also think that uh, what we, I feel the discussion sometimes is, is missing maybe is that it's very different from what type of work you're doing, right? Yeah. Because some job functions are just more, you know, uh, individual and you can sit down and focus or maybe you only need a few days for team meetings or a day or two a week. And then it's like, all right, then I, I go do my thing. And I think it depends on industry and, and job function and so on and so forth. Uh, because I, at least from from, from my, where I'm sitting, it's like maybe if you're a salesperson and you just got to hammer through sales calls, some people want to be social doing that and some people want to sit at home doing that. Uh, and there can also be, depending on the company size, right? Then maybe people think that, oh, sales is doing calls on, on Mondays, super annoying. I'll work from home those days. So like this hybrid model and, and 
trying to communicate, I think is, is sort of the solution. But I think a key challenge to me is like, especially in engineering culture, a lot of it's, it's kind of creative work, right? I sometimes feel like some people are spending time on stuff where if they would have been in an office, they could ask more easily ask questions instead of bothering somebody uh, over Slack or, or calling them or something. Uh, so I definitely think it's a, it's a challenge. Uh, I think we've tried to to get like a mix of trying to get people together on the on the right days and try and say, uh, you know, uh, there's something at the office. Uh, and I, I haven't really tried this where you try and maybe distribute the work so you have focus time to like, so you actually get, all right, let's get all the, the problem, try and get all the problem solving, all the collaborative stuff out of the way as soon as possible or, or on these specific days. And then, then you get... Uh, uh, to get focus time uh, because I think going to the office is at least in my mind to some degree at least some job functions important because it's the social aspect right because it doesn't just become uh, do we be friends is a, is a tall order maybe but like at least get to know each other and get a relationship established and that can be very hard if you ask me virtually except if everybody's virtual I think that's like also another discussion we don't have there's like key difference between everybody being virtual uh, the, in the entire company or like a remote uh, and then if you have only some people remote uh, i always feel it's a challenge to not have them sort of disconnected uh, from the organization but maybe that just speaks more to my uh, my poor skills rather than uh, than the problem but yeah um, no no i i understand it and i i get your point it's uh, it, it does feel like it's it's sometimes uh, premature uh, to know uh, what it will lead to when it comes to um just culture and being uh, being remote and it feels mm. like uh, or or uh, most uh, of the colleagues in our organization uh, they prefer and they answer hybrid but it's also yeah. the the easy answer to give yeah. but it's in because it is in between and everyone wants the option uh, but when it comes to the actual um how 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 occupied the offices actually are mm. it's less than 50% so it's, it's yeah. less than than people say that they would prefer so uh, it's it's more uh, that you mentioned before rodrigo that it's it's a difference between what people uh, express and what mm. they actually do yeah i i think i don't know i mean we're, we're all guessing here i suppose but uh, uh, from my point of view, the most important question is like, what is it that we want to achieve by mm. having the people in the office? And I think mm. we've, we come from a culture where it's been, we have to be in an office. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of what was the norm. And all of a sudden that norm was broken for almost two years. And in some uh, countries it's still, you know, it's still not open to get back. So, so the question is more, why did we force everybody to get in? And, and why do we want to have them back? And I think most people I've spoken to, and this is just the, the target audience myself, mm. but the people I speak to that want to have people back is either because they want to have control or mm. they want to, they're lonely. They think it's boring to sit home alone. <laughs> so yeah. the, the social the, the aspect. Social aspect yeah, exactly. Because uh, I don't think you see the, really... the culture aspect of it though? No, but because I, I think from a cultural point of view, I mean, I feel Swedish, even if I don't meet all the Swedes all the time. So for me, the culture of Swedish, you know, Swedishness is bigger than just being in an office. And for me, yeah, but I'm a like being culture. in, no, no, no. But what I'm trying to say is that culture for me is something you can build without having to touch each other because it's about, it's a feeling and the joint vision that you're sharing together. I mean, for, I mean, most companies in the world that are global, they don't meet each other. They never met each other, but they still share the same vision of what they're selling or what they want to change in the world or, you know. So I think in that sense, culture is more about a religion or, you know, a thought, a common 
common something yeah. that we all buy into. Yeah, so I think that what it forces us to do, and that's from my point of view, is that it's forcing us to actually understand why more we want to have people around us. Because I think if we need to build culture by painting stuff on the wall and by banging stuff in people's head by meeting them, we're actually doing it wrong. Uh, and and I'm, an, I'm a previous ad guy, so I used to work as a creative director. And I know, I mean, the most effective way to build change was TV advertising. That's not, you know, that's more remote than anything. <laughs> so, so I think in that point of view, I think the basic question we all have to ask us, like, why do we want them back? Do we need them to be back? And it kind of like Nick was asking, for some works, you need to be in the office because the machinery is there. It would be too expensive to, you know, send all factory workers and made a machine or, yeah, yeah. Uh, but for some other work you can actually be i think more effective and if you think about you talk about work-life balance mm. i mean i think right now with having the ability to choose when i can be in the office and not having to spend two hours commuting versus the days i can that for me it has given me for the first time i think in my career i feel that it's fun to actually go to work that it's not you know because before sitting two hours i have one hour to the work and one hour home that that mm. stress of the day makes work boring and i love my work but if we made work boring because i have to sit commuting but that was me some people think it's freedom so it depends on who you ask but I think once yeah, again, it, it's very individual. Yeah, that's uh, so I think that's why you probably get this answers like, you know, like mm. hybrid because everybody actually wants hybrid. I want to go in once in a while then, but maybe that once in a while for me is once a month. I haven't so been some... to the office for a year. <laughs> <laughs> so, so something that uh, I've seen maybe due to uh, being HR and, and being in touch with um, a lot of different departments and also a, diff uh, a lot of different countries. Uh, is that um, remote work has created more silos and people mm. working in silos because they yeah. don't get that interaction with other departments that they would. They they won't pop into a meeting or they won't hear what others are discussing or, or knowing mm. what's going on within the organization. Uh, so that is something I see as a reason to why... Uh, I or my or our department want people back in the office where we have office. Yeah. Or you can I, take that problem, sorry, and make it as know. a challenge. Like, how do you? Because if the problem is that people are getting more silos, mm -hmm. I think that you probably had that problem even before. It's just that before it looked like. I mean, if you think about when you went to school, mm. you would have groups of people maybe that it looked like everybody was together, but you would still have polarizations. But all of I, a sudden it gets obvious because the people I want to speak to, and maybe I speak to them anyway, because I would speak to someone in another department if I'm home. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm yeah, not, saying I, I, it, I'm not talking about your company. I'm just saying yeah, that yeah. it's a challenge per se that we, we think we can solve by having people back. But maybe there's other ways because it just puts it black and white that we need to maybe find a way of getting integration within the company. I don't know. Yeah, and I... I don't fully agree uh, because I do think there's there's a difference uh, if you, for instance, uh, are uh, getting a, me a meeting together uh, in the office. It could be a spontaneous meeting or, you know what, while we're here, we might as well uh, discuss this and that. And we'll bring that department along because he and or, or she is standing right here. Uh, and it's different when you look at other people's calendars and you need to book something or you need to make a call and you have that. Um, it, it feels like you're... Um, stealing someone's time yeah yeah i guess i can i can relate to both because the water cooler talk does disappear and i think i was just going back to like 
why do you want people back in the office? And I think another thing is that it's also easier to, I don't know, get a feel for the people you're you're leading or like the, the entire company when you, when you, because in virtual, you don't have all the body language stuff, right? And how, how are people feeling? And I always felt that it was also easier to poke people. Like if you can see somebody's having a rough day or whatever, it's easier to to poke them and be like, hey, let's grab a coffee or something where if you if you call them, it's like it also becomes a meeting very fast, right? If I just call you, it's like, oh, then I have a purpose. Or maybe my <laughs> if purpose... I do it from HR, then it's very <laughs> exactly. So, like, all right, I'm gonna get let go now. We're like, what is up, right? It's uh, um, or did I do something bad, right? So that that I think is is missing as well. But that's more from a from a management point of view. I, I don't know how to solve it because I don't feel the technology is is there to to actually solve it because you have the next problem. You could say, all right, then everybody jump in a I don't know some maybe about video, but some kind of call, right? Where you but then people get this fatigue of being on the call all the time or feel even more watched right because now it's like oh why did peter leave the call uh and 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 then you you kind of you get even more control than before right uh because they can't just go maybe feel less like that so i i I don't really have a the the solution of the the silos because i can relate to that problem as well uh i also feel like at least in my experience is that we, we can write a lot of communication async or whatever, write out messages and all kinds of documentation. And my, my vibe is not really the, you know, maybe people read it, but they don't necessarily remember it because it's just a, it's just a bunch of texts, right? So they don't necessarily, because they can't communicate of like their immediate thoughts, right? So if I tell you something, you can respond to me. Uh, and then both, both of us actually remember the conversation where if I write you this long message like, this is what was decided or deal with this or something, uh, then it might just be like, oh, right, interesting to know. And then you go about your day. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I've, I've been working quite a lot international. I think before the pandemic, I had like a travel, you know, I travel like 180 days per year or something like that. Uh, within and and the challenge i think from silo point of view i think it's been there in all companies all the time i think maybe now with the pandemic has become even worse maybe i don't know because you speak of course to the people you want to speak to you can ignore the rest uh, but i think the challenge has been there all the time and i think just now it made it even maybe worse in in one way or another at least most companies i've consulted in my previous consultancy career that was the biggest challenge from an internal point of view like how do we build the company as one company and not division per division or not team Mm. per team Uh, so so i think that that question per se the moment you find the solution to it gabriella please count me in to to, because i think that's a (laughs) that's a universal problem if we can solve that per se i think that would be magic Uh, and if being more in an office is the solution to it then i think we should force everyone to be in the office because I think a company will never get better than the team United. So I mean, in that yeah. sense, you need to kind of find ways of working together. But I think maybe that's why I think the, from my point of view, I think the hybrid point of view is good because then you can create events mm. kind of like mm. experience. And you could see being in the office as being building experiences together and, and a meeting can then be fun because you can find, I mean, you, I don't mean it has to be like Disneyland. What I mean is more that if you can make it for a specific purpose that you actually go there and everybody's there at the same time, you will get more of these spontaneous mm. uh, chats. Uh, I was at this comp- uh, like internal conference. So at the company I was uh, working with, they kind of create like now quarterly internal conferences to like uh. get people into the offices now to, to work together. And But they have, they have decided to close down all their offices and they've opened what they call the experience centers. So then okay. they... So people go in every quarter and they meet up. Uh, and then in that sense, then they force them to not only work with the 
team members. So they force them to work in different so that they get to know other people from other departments. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I but maybe it, like you kind of touched upon, I guess, because what I'm thinking is, well, maybe it's also maybe you need a change in company culture. So like if you do this hybrid, then I don't know, just to make it easier on ourselves, like say or you were in the office three days a week and then two days from home, maybe the focus on the first three days should be more, as you say, on, on the experiences rather than on how efficient can we be? Because maybe that's like, I feel like companies are in general, we're very good at focusing on being more efficient, right? That's why working from home was so great because everybody could be more efficient. But it's like, if, if I have no relation to the people I'm working for, at least in, in my experience, it might as well be be robots I'm working with, right? What What's the what, what's the point of it's just me speaking to my computer all the time or, or like uh, me, me typing away at something? Uh, it might as well be chatbots, everybody, right? There's no no major difference uh, at least to me so maybe it's also a shift in focus for more we have to do more stuff when people are actually in the office and focus less on what do we get done monday through wednesday just an example uh and like leave all the tasks we want really to get done really efficiently for you know working 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 from home days uh, so you kind of maximize the interaction on the days you're at the office and, and minimize it on when you're working from home. Um, I, 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 like that. Uh, I like that yeah. event idea and uh, to have more more structured events, but more often. Yeah. yeah. Nice. No, I think um, that was quite a big, uh, a big chunk of kind of information and ideas and opinions. Um, there was quite a bit covered there. So really interesting stuff to listen to. Um, and Rodrigo, so we'll come onto your topic which was more um focused on onboarding and that whole process when when remotely um yeah i suppose give us more of information from your side on on why you chose that topic i think it kind of comes goes back to what gabriella is talking about like when normally when you would hire someone you would have a, like an head office where people would go you would have to set up a program you would meet them and then and even if you were sloppy not doing it, they would still meet other people there uh, and they would get the computer, you know, everything. You would have like a set of uh, steps uh, to get the new person onboarded. Uh, but I think now when you're growing and all of a sudden you kind of never met the person physically because you've spoken through like Zoom calls or something like that. Something like that. And how do you get that person because what you want to do, at least from my point of view, when you hire someone, is like, how do you make that person feel comfortable as part of the team as fast as possible, but also to the rest of the team to feel that this person can be part of the team and, and be well, effective together. And we can do, you know, start solving problems together or start producing whatever we need to produce or whatever it might be. Uh, and, and I have no answer to that. And I think that's kind of for me. And we are growing and we don't like, how do we, when you open up and, and I, my idea is like, okay, I want to be able to have people all over the world because they want to be able to attract the best talent. But at the same time, you have a lot of different challenges, like time differences or cultural differences or other stuff that you would normally maybe take into consideration because you would be in the same place because you would never maybe hire a talent in say Mumbai because it would be too if it would feel too far away but now all of a sudden it feels super close because it's just a zoom call away and and that's kind of what so in a way it's super, we're super close but at the same time it feels like there's a distance that is that this like screen in front of us and that's kind of where I don't and I think it touches up on the whole subject on like how do we do uh, to start you know when someone is new into the team to, to get to don't have the individual work because if not, there's going to be a bunch of individuals working instead of a team. So I, that's I basically think that the this, question. This is uh, this is something that 
it puts more um, uh, not pressure. That's the wrong word. I, yeah, I can't seem to find the right one now. But um, it, it puts more um, responsibility on the hiring manager or the onboarding manager uh, because they need to be more. Uh, they need to have a, a, a schedule set up. They need to have. Uh, meetings, they need to have it, something they could just take on the fly uh, in an office, they really need to be structured with. And that's also something in my belief that goes top down. So it really needs to come from top management. Like this is the expectations that I, I set on you as a hiring manager now and as an onboarding manager. Uh, and if, it, if that ends up in delegating things, that's fine. But just communicating that top down, like this is this is what is required from you to to be able to um, onboard people um, better remote. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I agree. I think that definitely you remote just requires you as Gabriel is just like to you have to really control everything way more. Or because before, as you said, like with Rio, like they show up at the office, so you can't have the problem staring at right at you, right? It's like, hey, I'm not doing anything or or something. So it needs to be way more controlled and then i think time zone wise is always going to be a problem at least with the first first hires like if if you know you're the only the first person you're hiring there uh, but i would i would always try and, and see if you cannot set up some kind of solution where the people onboarding each other are very similar in time zone so that you know you follow them uh, all along uh, and then i think uh if you can that, do that then maybe make the people being onboarded like their days shorter if that makes sense so it actually fits so there's always somebody they can can talk to so they're not sitting alone uh, for an hour it's like well then, then your day is just ended because there's nobody for you to maybe it's an hour early or two hours early but just live with that uh, like the first couple of days are not going to be endlessly productive anyway usually anyway um I, I, I think actually that's a kind of interesting idea i have kids as you and when they get yeah. onboarded to kindergarten <laughs> if you think about it as onboarding but they yeah. don't say it like that but you do like training into going into <laughs> kindergarten yeah uh, you start by you know the first day you have one hour the second yeah. day you have three then you have five because it's a way of for them to get accustomed to the other kids or the teachers and so on but actually, when we go to a new workplace, and it has actually nothing to do with it's remote or not, no, no. imagine all the thoughts with all the people, everything new, yes. everything is like, you know, and, and you want to, and you have these expectations on yourself to be super productive and to show how mm. good you are, but actually you can't because you don't know enough about the company. You don't know if it's not maybe like something that you can do, just start hammering. But if, what I mean is that actually there's something I thought that you could have in general at all to like when you mm. go to, when you're new at the workplace to kind of have this soft entry where you meet the right yeah. people you get some time to actually do some reading and contemplating because you also need to like understand all of these new signals you're getting from new people that you've never met before so so i think from that point of view i think that and that's kind of what i've been thinking a lot about when it comes to remote versus physical is mm. that i think the remote work puts everything in so much more black and white you know, all the yeah. challenges are kind of there. Whilst when you have it, as you say, in your face, you can kind of solve it because you're like, yeah, yeah you can deal with it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You can you can bring them to lunch, right? Or you can like, oh, you know, look at this or, you know, have coffee with this guy. It's a lot easier when because they're standing to, there, right? Exactly. And to Gabriela's point, I think the, the point of having, you know, a proper schedule is something you should have done anyway, <laughs> yeah. but normally you kind of skip it because you're too busy. <laughs> so yeah. you don't do do what you're supposed to do. So I think it's kind of, for me, it kind of rounds up the challenges we've had before 
now all of a sudden blows up in our face and we need to kind of solve them. Uh, and one hypothesis I had, which is not so good for climate change maybe, but was to actually fly in people or take them by train or bus or whatever, but to like say eight weeks, which is of course, if you have a family, you will hate me, but like, because you want them, I mean, because you will probably have hubs where you have yeah, more yeah. people and try to that during that, when you're new, trying to find the time where all are together, like yeah. having the hybrid session, but still to the kind of like what you do when you start school, right? So a new semester, you start yeah. with everybody meeting and partying for a week, and then it's time to, to, I mean, that for me was the most fun part of university when you kind of met all the new people and then you went back to class, but you've met everybody at university and you kind of met all your new friends and you didn't know if they were studying to be a doctor or economics because it was just a bunch of people in the same place. Uh, and, and and I was been thinking like, how can you take that? Because universities basically onboard new people every semester. That's what they do, right? They onboard them mm. to want to go to university and be there and learn. But and they do why... have a schedule for it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And they have a program for it, as you say. Mm. So basically it goes back to like, and yeah. So I was just thinking like, how can we take that thinking as a concept into a workplace? Because I know, for example, yeah. Google and them, they build their so-called campuses, right? Uh, so obviously I'm, I'm not new with this thought of thinking about it as a college because we probably have this dream about the most fun time was it <laughs> when we were you know school <laughs> not for everyone of course, yeah but. yeah maybe but i think yeah i think your point of like the relation to kindergarten really resonated with me in the sense that because it usually is like the first few weeks or whatever is a, like you get so much information right and no human being unless they're superhuman can deal with you know, our, every department or however you, you run it is presenting themselves. They can't really digest all this information. If you just, here's a week of like just presentations and you can ask questions and then you, now you can start working. I think that's an unrealistic expectation, but I think that's how in the lack of something better is kind of what we do or like, uh, or an attempt to try and like now you, cause you kind of want to give them all this information and don't want to leave them in the dark or feel like, Hey, no, no, you can't know this uh, stuff. So you, you kind of tell them everything, which I think can, defeats the purposes a, a, a bit, right? Maybe it's best for uh, a couple of a couple of hours in, in the first few days, or mostly focus on social stuff rather than on sales targets or or whatever um, it is. But yeah, and and getting back to that uh, idea of, of of top down that I that I mentioned before is also that something that to be in in the name of transparency here that that I've been uh, challenged with, or, or uh, also my my company is. Um, during the onboarding, uh, the onboarding time uh, is that people get put now remotely, they get put straight into their position. Maybe now, now when I hear myself, it's uh, related to that silo thing I, <laughs> uh, I was talking about too. And uh, they always request uh, when I have onboarding interviews, like how did your onboarding go after a few months and so on. Um, a lot of people feel like they they would have uh, preferred being onboarded into the company first and then their role. Uh, so kind of have a few days, just like even if it's not relevant to your specific role, what uh, you know the the internal IT department does, or or what R and D do, or sales, whatever, uh, just to get that overview. Uh, where are we? What are we doing? What are our vision? What's our goal? And what does each department do and how do they all come together? So that's one, been a, one thing that, that I've been trying to really push in the onboarding phase to learn that first, because then your role or your, your exact uh, 
position will be easier to understand. Does that yeah. kind of go, go back to the last, I mean, the previous topic, and we talked about a bit about culture. I mean, that mm -hmm. it's, I mean, if I don't know what the culture is in this new company I'm going into, it's kind of hard mm -hmm. for me to understand how I'm going to be like be part of this, uh, how, how stuff are being done previously. Mm -hmm. And even if I want to change it, but at least I know, okay, this is how they think. So it's easier for me to either go with the flow or maybe take a stand and try to make it different. But I think you're right in that most companies were so we normally when we hire, we're so in a rush to get someone in to help us because we have all of these tasks that nobody's doing. So we so much want them to start helping us to survive. Yeah. <laughs> so we kind of forget of the reason why maybe this person actually changed the job or came here because that person actually wanted to do something different or what they wanted to be part of a bigger community or whatever it might be. So I think you're, I think normally we forget all of these emotional aspects of life. And we think, because we tend to think that we're so rational and we kind of, and it's so much easier also to focus on the rational standpoints, I suppose. Nice. I think that rounds it off uh, quite nicely for that, for that topic. Um, and we're doing quite well for time. So Nick, I think let's definitely uh, dig straight into yours, which a bit different to the others. Um, yes. More so focused on how to run hybrid meetings so people who are remotely still feel included. Uh, so yeah, I think I'd love to hear the ideas on this one. Yeah, so this is obviously a bit more concrete, uh, I guess. On, on this, I would just love to hear opinions on, but I think a challenge I've been having at least is that when, when you know, you, you have a meeting and... and I don't know, some part of the, so you have, there's two parts of it. There's like, you know, some part of the team or the meeting uh, participants or in the room and some of them are remotely. Uh, then I think, cause that's what happens with hybrid in the end or like just remote companies, right? It's like some people are there. I think there's like two, two scenarios. Other it's two teams in different areas. Like that's the international thing. Then I think the dynamic is, is different. Uh, but when you, it's just your own team, but people are just working from home or whatever. It can be, very difficult when it's not uh, it's not a meeting that's just a presentation and then there's questions that those are usually easy uh, but if you actually want to create engagement I always feel that it's very hard to get uh, at least some remote people ask you know incentivize and mostly because of maybe the culture in the room like the physical room of people you know we, we have at least where I've worked we have this tendency you know look up from the screen and then ask the question to the person sitting there and then it kind of breaks this um, yeah uh, you, you kind of exclude a bit the people remote right because they can't do that uh, in, in worst cases, people talk while their microphone's muted. That's like the worst case. Uh, but like, uh, but but it's very hard, to, at least for me, to to sometimes create this engagement. I just want to hear thoughts mm -hmm. around how other people solve this. Uh, I really try different methods. Like you can go, you know, take rounds uh, and all this stuff. Uh, but yeah, I still think it, it, it's it's a bit of a challenge and maybe it's more of a culture thing how do we sort of establish good meeting culture uh especially with all because it's not going away right people being remote for whatever reason um so yeah i love that uh, like you said it's a very concrete question uh just uh when i saw this question prior to our meeting uh first thing i thought was preparation because we're so used to now just sending an invite and we'll just put a subject if even that sometimes, uh, and then you don't know what the meeting is about. So I think that one one thing is key here, and that is preparation for meetings. Um, I, I'm probably not the best at this myself either, but when I do it or I get invites, when I know the agenda, I know the topics, and I know uh, uh, what we're going to uh, discuss, uh, I feel much more engaged already in the meeting. What we have done, I mean, I, haven't, I think 
for me, the biggest challenge is more technology still, that uh, because the problem is that when you have people, some people that are in the same room and some are in, uh, the, the problem is, as you say, is that either the microphones doesn't pick up everyone, not everyone is in front of the, you can't see everybody's faces, you know. So what we, and due to the fact that we don't have conference rooms, with big because some have it prepared with really nice cameras especially companies that are that work a lot international they normally have that from before but we don't so what i've decided is that either we decide if the meeting is going to be physical then everybody's there or if not we'll take it remote and everybody even if they're in the same office they will have to look for different rooms uh, because i think that in the end due to the fact that i can't be technology and i can't afford to build a conference room that is <laughs> the, the way the standards for me to work I, I that's how i so i actually decided not to even tackle that uh, challenge uh, but i'm not saying it's a good way i'm just saying that i just decided to like but for me it comes back to what gabriel is saying it's about expectations so if you decide that everybody knows before, like, okay, we're all taking this remote, this meeting is remote, then they know when they stay home that day or that morning or whatever. Uh, and I think from the other point that Gabriela brought up on setting, like, why is this meeting happening? I think that's a general problem at all in companies that you have meetings for the purpose of a meeting. Uh, and True. And normally you ask them, what have you done today? You've been in meetings and then people have to work five hours at home because they had, didn't have the time to produce uh, during the day because they've been in meetings. Uh, and then what I, for, and for me, it's kind of like, Gabriel is into like expectations. What, and then also what role mm -hmm. am I playing? You know, what I'm doing, why am I in this meeting? Am I needed in this meeting? Or is it just a meeting that they wanted to include me so I don't feel outside? Because sometimes that is also, you just put everybody in because you feel that everybody yeah. should be there. Uh, but but I think if I, from my point of view, I treat, try to be in a position where I, where I am in so few meetings as possible. So I always ask the opposite. Do you really need me in this meeting? Am I needed? And if you tell me, yes, okay, what do you need me for? Okay, good. Then I know when I can be there and I can actually play a role. But if, I, if I'm if i not needed, then I'm just, or they tell me, yeah, but we just want you to listen in. Okay, then send me the meeting notes afterwards and I can tell you or record it and I can listen to it. So, so it depends. But if it's a creative meeting, then I know, yeah, but we want all of you to be in there because we want to be creative. Mm. We want to bounce ideas. Okay, good. So I think it's kind of, but I think that's for me, it's been a problem in all companies I've worked for, worked for. And I think it's uh, kind of been, yeah, something I hate that you you see a lot of people in meetings writing emails and doing other stuff because they actually don't know why they're in that meeting. Yeah, and I guess it's also easier to do when you're remote, right? Because you can still at least seem like you're looking at the screen, and then you can you can write away at, at some other email. Uh, but like my my experience as well is like pushing everybody to be remote, even if if you're there physically, is also the best solution because otherwise, I think it's very hard to stop people from you know speaking others you say like you can't see each other or they just want to put in a comment and then they can't help themselves to wait so while somebody remote is speaking then they just say something uh or you know uh, they comment on the lunch or whatever it is that uh, the pe people do um so yeah i, I just think it, it's 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 quite a it's quite a challenge but i guess it also pushes um it's I guess it's a two-way street. There's both expectation from the structure, as Gabriela says, like, hey, we need to be a bit more structured, which I think can help all meetings, physical or remote or anywhere, basically. Agreed. Um, <laughs> just just in general. Um, and, and again, this, this like what is what is the purpose can also help just across across the board. Uh, but I guess it also kind of pushed like this remote thing pushes it back to the people attending that they also need to be 
wanting to engage, but maybe that's solved by actually saying, this is your role in, in this meeting, because if, if, if you start writing emails, then maybe you should just leave. If you know what I mean? Like if it's, if it's not important enough for you to give your undivided attention to this, then well, uh, you might be the wrong person sitting in the meeting room. Uh, but I guess that's just a general thing, uh, not, a, not a remote only thing. No, and I think for me, this is kind of interesting because I think sometimes the whole pandemic has been like, oh, now we're going back to normal or what's normal or, you know, we're trying. I think we have this need to kind of see this is something new and this is something how it was. But a lot of the challenges I think we're talking about has been there all the time. It's just that they have not maybe popped up in the way they're doing now. So all of a sudden they become crucial to solve. But I think silo problem or time zone problems or, you know, depending if you're an international company or not, or because all of a sudden more companies could become international just because they can actually hire people wherever in the world. But the, the, so I don't know. And of course, so a lot of new people maybe are facing a challenge that they would not have faced in another circumstance. And now they got, we got forced to face them because of that the world just changed, forced us to do it. But actually, I think this, these topics have been, I think most management consultancies, if you ask them what they may make the most money on is to work with companies to break silos, make meetings more efficient, yeah. <laughs> you know, how do we build a company culture? How do we, you know, these are like the main tasks that most, I think probably McKinsey and Boston consultancy group have sent huge fees to solve. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Uh, so I think, yeah, so if yeah. we can solve it in this podcast, I'm super happy because then I think we yeah. have. <laughs> There's a lot of problems. We have done it. <laughs> well, but you surely identified all of the problems. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, but I think it's cool that actually remote kind of pushed us to speak more about these problems because I think that in, in like when everybody was in the office, you probably had, a, everybody uh, had a tendency to, you could just manage it, right? It goes with the onboarding or it goes with the unstructured meeting or it goes with whatever uh, employee uh, happiness, whatever you want to call it. It's like, it was so much easier when it was in person because then you could see the problem in, in front of you and like not just on on a video call or in, in a meeting, right? So you, I guess in all these, you have to be more proactive. So you actually have to do more work or more structured work or at least be more uh, purposeful, right? In the in the thing you do, you can't just show up as a as a manager or a leader at uh, at, at nine a.m. and then just you know deal with the day. As it comes, you have to actually be be a tiny bit more proactive in your way of thinking, but also in your way of, of doing, right? Because you can't just see that somebody sitting over there is having a hard time or or dealing with with a problem for far too long and so you kind of have to get to yeah. be more proactive in, in your leadership style i guess yeah and and just getting back to uh the thing i mentioned earlier and that i really can't stress enough and and that is the fact that i believe that that uh, whatever problem we just identified here it it goes top down uh it needs to come it needs to be set uh in the management team and go down to to um, to everyone. That's that's the only way. And, and I think there, I think people like running HR will become even more crucial for company because I think before it was just not just, but it was a role that you had, but you didn't understand how actually important it was. Mm -hmm. But now all of a sudden, it, I think it becomes crucial because yeah. all of a sudden HR becomes like the heart mm -hmm. of the culture uh, mm -hmm. and the company. And I think that's something that. I don't know if I'm mistaken here, but I think a lot of people have probably seen HR as administration, but now all of a sudden it becomes like the, like the, the beard, like how do you say, the ring bearer, they're the ones bringing culture with them and trying to, you know, bring it like the priests of an organization. And I think that's also 
puts a lot of change into what HR used to be in many companies, into yeah. what it's supposed to be, what it's actually supposed to be that all the time. I think it's just it's been what, run more maybe as administration. But, but, I don't, and I'm not saying, I'm generalization here, but. Yeah, but but yes and no, because that's a challenge I face. And, and that's what I'm trying to say. So we're here to support and coach but it doesn't come from us. It needs to come from the top. Everyone needs to have the same goal when it comes to, for instance, culture. We're there to remind people, to to coach them, to like, wait, wait, wait does this go against our culture or what we believe in? What, what's our goal here? So we're constantly do that, but we're not responsible for it. Responsible for the culture, you mean, or responsible for? Yeah, for 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 exactly for culture we're not we are a part of making that like you said the heart we're a part of making the heart pump but we're not not the actual heart no no and that's the heart part that's the hard part mm -hmm. i suppose yeah. with culture that it's on everybody's like yeah. responsibility to, to to take it all the way but um, yeah i think that we should learn all from all different sorts of religions and they've been really really good in organizing how to drive something into the, everybody to see relate to it at least and you can think about it what you want but i think that's what our teams like football teams or whatever i think they've been super good at building culture and understanding something and everybody becomes kind of like their priests for that uh, for that value so uh yeah so we'll probably have to and they work remote if you think about most religions <laughs> they have priests all over the world and their churches all over the world and so we'll probably have a lot to learn from from them <laughs> nice way of putting that all yeah. <laughs> <Together>. <laughs> yeah, that was a nice little summary. Um, but no, I think there's been a really good conversation there. And like you said, Gabriella, so many things identified. I mean, it would be amazing if we could solve all the issues and solve all the problems on this one hour podcast. Um, but no, I thought that was a really good um, kind of conversation and, and round off of everything that we've spoken about. Um, so, yeah, I suppose the only other thing is just for me to take this opportunity to thank Rodrigo, Gabriella and Nick for all of your kind of insights, your opinions um, into this topic, because like I said, it's definitely an important one. Um, and yeah, obviously, thank you to the listeners for listening and we'd love to hear any feedback on it.